Welcome into Smooth Operators with your hosts, Noah, Griggs, and Ben, going through the world of Formula One. If you want to interact with the show today, you can tweet at us at Noah underscore Phillips, at Junior underscore McClurkin, and at the Griggs B. It's time for the green flag, and it's lights out, and away we go. Yes, you are. You just don't have your thing turned up. It's probably not plugged in well enough. Probably didn't turn the preview up on the thing. I can't. Okay, there we go. Now I'm in. Hi, guys. Oopsie doopsies. Uh, Well, after some minor technical difficulties. That's why we do this live, all right? Yeah. We mess up, you people hear it, and you you know that. That way, that way, not everything we do is perfect. Um, Speaking of perfection, what a perfect day to be talking about Formula One. And we are racing down under today in Australia. Qualifying is tonight at midnight, I believe. Qualifying. Yes. Not the race. Co- Qual- no, co- qualifying. Qual- <laughs> qualifying. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to. That was... You had to kangaroos that one? I had to. Wow. We're getting all the puns out right away. Whew. How are y'all? This Anyways. Puns. Jeez. Uh, it's a lifestyle. But, yeah. We're back. <laughs> again, smooth operators again. All three of us back in the studio. Yeah. Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, and myself, Greg Splang. We're happy to have you along. Let's just jump right into it. Yes. Let's start off with the dominance so far of the Red Bulls. Ben, you want to take us through that one? Yeah, so basically Red Bull has had no competition in terms of car construction this season. Um, they're unmatched on every level. Max Verstappen was able to climb up the field from, what was it, 10th, 15th? Um, I believe it, it was, was 15th. 15th. Yeah, he went from 15th to 2nd with very little trouble and ha- still had several laps to try and chase down Sergio Perez, who was in the other Red Bull, who was otherwise running all alone in last er, Saudi Arabia. Um, Yeah, so I'm going to jump right into this. Basically, what you have, if you look at the speed trap data, the Red Bull is by far and away the fastest. Um, They are currently beating Mercedes by 20 miles an hour in the Saudi Arabia speed trap, which is um, quite a major gap. That is a large number, yeah. Um, and Saudi Arabia is the fastest track, so the top speed should be closer or more accurate in that regard. Um, so what Red Bull has done, um, ha- they have made a car that works well as a whole. Um, and one thing specifically I'll talk about is their beam wing, which is that little component above the exhaust. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, you a little bit, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you look at the back view of a car, there is the the main wing of the F1 car. There's the main wing, which comes over the top and kind of rolls back down in on itself, points straight towards the ground. And then underneath that wing, there is a smaller set of wings or one singular winglet. They're both they're both pretty small. Um, they're about four to five inches high, but they sit on either side of the exhaust pipe. Those on the Red Bull are used very effectively and efficiently because air is directed towards that beam wing so that when DRS is deployed, the rear wing is stalled and the beam wing is stalled by the downforce generated by the beam wing. So what that means is it's pushed down to level and that makes air flow over it more easily. It squishes the rear end of the car down enough to where you have the most efficiency, but also it avoids porpoising because the suspension can be run softer. That was a lot. It was a lot. That's not all of it either because on their underfloor, they're doing something interesting with the strakes, which we haven't seen yet, but it's allowing them to have 
a more efficient floor that effectively stops working when the car is nearing its top speed. So what what's actually happening, traditionally, right, with an F1 car, you have more speed, which means it generates more downforce. The higher the, the, higher the speed, the more the air moves and at a faster rate pushes the car down. But the Red Bull is able to have a threshold where it can run less downforce than any of the other teams, which means they have a higher top speed. Mm. So their car also works really well in in the corners because it's very aerodynamically efficient. So it generates more downforce at a smaller cost of drag, which means the car is able to go faster through the corners because it has a higher speed generating and it generates more downforce per mile per hour at in the corners. So all of that combined means that Red Bull has the most balanced and most efficient car on the grid and is smoking everybody just absolutely gap in the field already at the start of the season and to dumb it down for people like me adrian newey equals genius precisely and he said he didn't do anything but the suspension but anything that he touches is gold so red bull fans can be very very uh thankful for adrian newey's contributions to their team what a, what a guy according to christian horner in the uh fia uh, team principal press conference. He is at times uh, when asked, "Is he surprised about the gap between yourselves and the rest of the field?" At times, and all honestly, yes. We've seen the teams have made a step forward, and some haven't. But that's going to change from circuit to circuit, venue to venue. And I've always said it's going to take you know three or four races to get a real pattern to what is the actual form book for the season. Now, I don't want to put words in Christian Horner's head, but I think even he knows that this is the fastest car that I think we've seen in a while. And according to Lewis Hamilton, it's the fastest car he's ever seen. Yeah. What was really funny was when Lewis Hamilton started driving, actually the cars were way, well, not, they weren't faster. The lap times are lower, but they are much more responsive and lightweight. They just had a lower top speed and were limited by groove tires. Once they switched to slicks, you know, the lap times came down, all that. But that aside, um, even the cars in 2005 would have been right around the pace on slick tires than they would now. So Lewis Hamilton saying that's the fastest car he's seen means quite a bit, especially given his well, what, he couldn't have seen 14 his cars. years. Well, he couldn't have seen his cars in like 2014 and stuff like that. What do you mean? Like, you can't just see how fast your car, kind of car is from, like, the outside when you're racing. Well, because yeah. That 2014 but, Mercedes, like, I remember seeing a picture the other day. It was, just, I think, two laps after the safety car was him and Rosberg, like, I think, like, already lapping the eight field seconds again. away from the field after, like, four yeah. laps after the safety yeah. car. Yeah, that car, that car, the 2014, honestly, all the way up to 2019, was indomitable. Um, but him, him having – he also, you know, he's not the only person – on the track all the time, right? Like, he does have some time outside of the car, like, during practice or during um, testing and stuff like that. You can see – you can watch other teams drive their cars and, you know, get a pretty good feel about it. I remember um, the story of um, Ayrton Senna standing outside of a track, like, on the apex of a turn or whatever – on the fence, like inside of the fencing, to try and figure out if one of his rivals was using traction control because it's, he said it looked like it was so stuck to the ground and so grippy that 
he thought it sounded like there was traction control. And so he waited to listen and see if there was a traction control system. But like these, these drivers have a good insight most of the time into like how quick other teams cars actually are. And it's, it's a pretty big deal hearing that coming from Lewis and also like George saying it's game over already. Well, he said that after the first race. Yeah. He said that after the first race, which I don't know. I don't know if that's any indication of how the season's to go or not, but Latte Boys started to transform into the Lewis Hamilton school of kind of denying some stuff like our car's not that fast. He said the same thing in 2015, 2017, 20 all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't like that people do that, but you know, it is what it is at this point. Most F1 drivers are more media spokespeople than the White House even employees, but No, but kind of like what it was like um all the things people were saying with opening day for baseball yesterday, like yeah, if, like last year, Ferrari was on pace to win twenty three races as well. Yeah, and Red Bull was on pace to win twenty three races as well, even after the second race. Everything could fall apart, but it could. Know, but we thought Ferrari was going to be taking it to the top last season, and man, that imploded. But so, someone's got a frown on their face right now. But I think the difference. <laughs> I think the difference between Red Bull and Ferrari is how they're run. Ferrari has a more indirect accountability system, and Red, which is good sometimes for like generating new ideas but but they don't have like a linear chain of command like red bull does so if something goes wrong at the red bull it will get worked out at ferrari you kind of have to work around trying to get something to somebody who you think should be your boss but isn't your boss is working alongside you and then they don't have a boss it's it's weird they do a matrix system of authority and yeah, it's not. It doesn't help them out when something goes wrong. It helps them get things right, but once it goes wrong, there's not much to, not much to resolve it with. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense at all. It does make well, sense. Uh, according to Christian Horner, the uh, RB19 is a fantastic starting point for the season. Yeah, and for us to have achieved two one-two finishes in the first two races is more than we could have ever expected. I don't. What, what uh, were you expecting? What were you, what were you expecting? Previous two-time world champion Christian Horner, or two times in the last two seasons. I was about to say champion Christian Horner. Yeah. But I don't. Yeah. What was he really expecting? Yeah. Like, what did you expect? He was did expecting you? to finish last place every single race, like Georgia thought I think, they were going to do this past football season. Mm-hmm. I think he's just trying to drum up the uh, aerodynamic restrictions that they have placed on them this season. Like the testing restrictions, they're that, like that's not really showing itself. Seventy five percent. It probably won't until next season. Frankly, like mm. I, Can we I, see that with any mid season upgrades potentially. I said that from the beginning. Yeah, it might manifest itself later when they can't develop as much. Like they'll have, they may have used all of their development early in the season to get a good start because they know that it's going to slow down. And instead of starting in the midfield and working their way up, they're preparing to start with a better foundation. And be able to bring minor upgrades and, you know, be able to have a consistently good car, even if it's not just way, way faster than everybody else. Like when the other teams start to catch up, Red Bull can't expand their lead the same way because of those restrictions. But it's more about next year. And you do have to worry a little bit about that consistency with the stuff that's been happening with Verstappen with his drive shaft this past weekend at Jeddah. And I think that's going to be the big thing they try to fix going on in the next couple of weeks. Because I think once they have those reliability. Reliability. There we go. Reliability. Once, once they have that fixed, I think they will run away with it, for lack of a better term. Yeah. Um, 
I will say too, they're allowed to make reliability upgrades and safety upgrades. So if they can categorize like drive shaft improvements as a safety upgrade, then that would allow them to push that car even further. Well, for us to be reliable, we have to go, unfortunately, go to our first ad break. But when we come back, we are talking about another fast car on the grid. We're talking about Aston Martin. And can they keep up the success they've had through the first two races? Well, pre uh, practice sessions in Australia have already started to tell us maybe that's the case. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into Smooth Operators here on WEGL 91.1 FM inside the Bradley Basin studio. Had a better start this time than we did at the beginning of the show. But welcome back welcome. as we begin to talk about what I made the slot. What are, what are we going to talk about, Griggs? Do you want me the actual name I used? Yes. The actual okay. what is, what is, the actual, it? it was pretty good, I remember. Uh, <laughs> can Aston keep it up? Yeah. Yes, that was good. Can Aston keep it up? And we are talking about... The Aston Martin Formula One team, who is currently in the constructor stings, they are second. Uh, they're tied with Mercedes at 38. Aston Martin Aramco Mercedes, 38 points ahead of Mercedes at 38 points. Well, is the tiebreaker? What's the tiebreaker in terms of that? Ben, it's uh, qualifying and then uh, total ra- like average race position. So, like if you have three third places in a DNF, that's going to count for more than four fourth places. Okay. So there's that. So that's why they're ahead of Mercedes currently. And in the driver's standings, Fernando Alonso is in third place currently with 30 points behind Sergio Perez at 43 and the championship leader, Max Verstappen, at 44. So the question is now, Aston Martin last year finished seventh in the constructor standings. Yes. Their highest up driver on the grid was Sebastian Vettel, who is no longer in Formula One. Now they have... Two drivers who Lance Stroll being the number one driver and former world champion um, Fernando Alonso being second. I don't know about that <laughs> in terms of positioning. Like I, I think Fernando may get the priority in team orders. Well, he's always like the quote unquote number one driver because he's yeah. always got his spot secured right now. Yeah. But the real question is like this Aston Martin. How the connections? I remember seeing something about a former Red Bull like I think engineer going to Aston Martin. But is it yes. really that's that? difference that's missing or is it just all this like time that they've been in formula one now it's it's several things so like primarily um yeah they they were able to pick off some engineers and designers from the big three teams and pay them more money and so they took that job um they also and the mercedes person they took away from mercedes yeah who was it was it mike elliott i think one of the people it was he was taken away i think before the twenty twenty the twenty twenty one season yeah they or the twenty twenty two season sorry they've been building this up for quite a while um let's see well I mean I I gotta go ahead and give Aston Martin the credit here for the turnaround I mean last year they only had one double digit point scoring race that being Singapore. And now they've already got two double digits, one being in the thirties. That one in Singapore was a fourteen point um, Endeavor. Now they have the 15th last week from Jeddah and 31 in the yeah. kickoff race in Bahrain. It, it was Eric Blandon, I think, who went to, yeah. uh, to Aston Martin. And then the Red Bull, I remember he was uh, Adrian Newey's, like, I think, right hand man, kind of. Yeah. Uh, Dan Fallows. I think Dan Fallows. They got Dan Fallows. That's who it was. Mm-hmm. They also got Alessandro Alessi, who was the ex director of technical operations at Red Bull. 
which kind of makes sense because I think Dan Fowles, around the time he went to Mercedes, is when they showed up to one of the races looking fairly similar to the Red Bull without the engine. Yeah. So that that's the thing. Um, Fowles has brought a lot of ideas from Red Bull, the uh, downwash side pods um, and the uh, lip around the intake for the radiators is also a Red Bull feature or an idea, but it's not directly copied like, say, the J Damper was or Double DRS or um, the F Duct. Anyways, mm-hmm. that's not that's not the point, but those, those old technological innovations that were literally directly copied, um, that is not allowed in formula one. Like, uh, it would be in other series. It's, it's very much make your own thing and hire out what parts you can't make if you're a smaller team, but they have Aston Martin has a lot of good original parts, components, idea people um they have a good powertrain they have the mercedes powertrain which is obviously pretty quick uh they also they're they're winning the aerodynamic battle right now between every other team except red bull who is clearly ahead because they have those ideas from the other teams that were successful and have adopted some of their own they they're able to make a pretty good consistent car that said they do struggle with some drag issues but they also have really good infrastructure, like within within Aston Martin. They're building a new facility, right? Mm-hmm. So they're building the Silverstone plant, which is going to make huge dividends in the coming years. But they already have a good foundation. Like, regardless of where they finish this year, they have a very good foundation and a good base to start off with. Do you know what they also have been? Fernando Alonso. Outside of him. Uh. Big Daddy Warbucks stroll. Exactly. They mm. have they got one, lots of money. They have the one thing that can get you happiness in this world, and that's money. I don't care what they say. <laughs> the million dollar man told me so. Wow. They, they I should have pr- cash to burn. I had a prompt on that today, actually, in uh, public speaking that you're talking about. Uh, my teacher gave us a card. We had to make a counter argument for it. It was like, uh, money can't buy happiness. And we had to. Do, you had to say that it can. No, we had to. Uh, no, we had to back up why it doesn't. <laughs> okay. So it's like that. That's fair. But anyways, just with this Aston Martin thing. Okay, so they've already start. We already two races in. They have thirty eight points. That's I think they had close to five fifty last year. Yeah, they they're already well on track to beat their points total. Uh, last year they had fifty five, so they are yeah. twenty five points away from tying their uh, final score from last year. At this point in the season, I think. Aston Martin would have only had maybe two points last Probably, year. yes. Uh, I can't go back that far. I'm just looking at the final 2022 constructor standings, but I would not be surprised with that. But in regards they to They would have had zero points. They had the zero points? Races. They had zero points after the first three races. Okay. Picked up five in uh, Imola. Well, that's a good start. <laughs> it's 38 more than they had last year. Um, they're They're – doing very well i've never heard fernando say that he's driven a car that he's enjoyed until this season and maybe that's because he's gotten ripe in his old age but maybe that's because the aston martin is genuinely fast or because we'll be faster in the future or because aston martin is paying him to say that he's not paid to say that have you ever heard him comment about other cars they definitely don't pay him to say nice things about their vehicle for example the gp2 engine or (laughs) Uh, what else did he say? He said, "Lewis Hamilton only knows how to race from first. Yeah, 
He's not paid to be nice. I'll just say that. And he does a good job of being honest. But what you're basically what both of you're basically saying is just they just need to just don't get too crazy with the changes right around now. Just kind of just keep it as it is. Tweak little bits and pieces. Just but you don't need a whole overhaul because we kind of. Yeah. I don't. It's not a Mercedes kind of situation or a McLaren kind of situation. They're not like technically ruined. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're like, let's keep bringing the good stuff and keep doing what works. And the upgrades that are gonna come are gonna make it gradually improve, but not like. It's not going to be like a rework where you go from seventh to fifth in the constructors. I mean, it's a fast car, but I think a main question for them is, if you're Aston Martin right now and you're looking at the, the first two races and looking yeah. into this weekend, yeah, where are you realistically thinking that you can finish in the championship? I mean, I that's tough to say because right now they have a head start. They have a better car than... You know who else had a head start last year? Ferrari. Yeah. But Sorry, why no. do y'all keep making me cry, man? But see, the difference is Red Bull and Ferrari last year. Red Bull had a good start as well, but lost it on some unlucky things the first two races where they were pretty much on equal terms with the Ferrari. The Aston Martin is the nearest competition to Red Bull who's currently dominating the season. So, I mean, you can draw some comparison, but I think Aston Martin too is just a more consistent team. And definitely one you can count on more for consistent results. I'm still shocked every time he goes fastest in a major practice session. Like like, t- in, like today. Yeah, P2. You got P1 and P2, which is wild because that's that's where you run your qualifying laps. That's where you run your – and then they do some race pace stuff. So if he has the fastest pace in P2, that means quite a bit. The third session is more just to test your fuel saving and tire saving, but that, that first – the first two are pretty important, and the second one is the most. If if they if they somehow keep in the top three in the constructor things, do you think they keep out Red Bull or no? Sorry, do they keep out Mercedes or do they keep out Ferrari? Uh who? It it Red Bull. I mean, Mercedes is really on the back foot right now in terms of development. They're going to come out with a more Red Bull style side pod upgrade. I think by May. I think. Uh, that would be Monza. I think they have a huge upgrade coming for Monza. But they're going to stop being the only people with zero side pods, which is an improvement, I guess, for them. It uh, took them that long? Yeah. Well, and it's not even the side pods that are really the problem. It's the whole design of the car, and the side pods hurt the entire design of the car. So they're going to they're gonna come out with a new floor, new front wing, new side pods, new rear wing. I'm pretty sure the only thing that's going to be the same is the chassis. Like, everything's going to be different. Um, so I could easily see them beating Mercedes Ferrari just has to get some kinks worked out for them to be in a, a, a good spot for second place. I could potentially see them taking the place of McLaren, usually in the midfield battle between Alpine and McLaren will be instead Alpine and Aston? Aston Martin this year. I don't know. I think the Aston's very much better than the Alpine. Well, I'm just saying in terms of McLaren, cause McLaren is terrible right now. Just yeah, like- no, McLaren's gone. Haas is pretty much off the pace. It's it's weird. There's more of a midfield gap than there was last year and more of a front of the field gap, but the uh like best of the rest has tightened up quite a bit compared to last year where it was very clearly going to be Mercedes in third. Mm. Yeah. Just going into this week, I think it's important too if they can just get I think it would be big if they can keep that gap up on Mercedes and not because Again, people forget Lance Stroll had to retire last race. Yeah. And he was on track to finish in the points. Yeah. So 
I mean, Lance has been surprisingly consistent this season. Even with two, still nursing two broken wrists. Yeah, he retired out of what, like sixth place last race? I think that's what it was because there was, a, I think, an engine problem. I think I remember yeah. hearing it like it just died. I mean, it, yeah, the car just died. Um, I mean, he's been consistent in terms of pace. Like, I thought he'd be a mile off of Fernando, but he's done. He's done pretty well. And I think you know, the more the more that he spends time in Formula One, the better he gets. I mean, he's a good driver. There is a lot of memes about you know he's just a pay driver, but I mean he can drive. He's he's not bad. He's not bad. No, and he, he'd do better than I could. Ah, I don't know about that, Ben. Yeah, I've seen you play F one two thousand twenty two, two whatever it is. I was whatever the number is. I was cooking last night. You were cooking. Yeah, I'm very cooking, I'm very engine. fast in the Red Bull. Yeah, you're very fast. Until you get put other cars on there, and then I can't finish a lap at Monaco without <laughs> crashing. That's that's the goal for another day. But another goal for another day is we have to talk about this race coming up. But Woo-hoo. we got to go to another ad break first. So when we come back, we're going to do what we normally do. And we're going to talk about the Albert Park circuit, what you need to learn before Saturday's race. And then after that, we'll get into our predictions for the race. But the second half of the show is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle. 91.1 FM. And welcome back to another episode of Smooth Operators Podcast. We are in from commercials and, well, PSAs. You didn't say the line, Ben. I'm your good friend, there Ben McClurkin. Go. Joined alongside me is Greg Blankenberg and, as always, Noah Phillips. Uh, and we're just going to talk to you guys a little bit about Albert Park, uh, what you need to know about the Melbourne Street Circuit, uh, and what to expect for the race ahead. Good day, mates. G'day. G'day, g'day. Um, oh, yeah? <laughs> the Formula One Rolex Australian Grand Prix 2023. Oh that was pretty bad. I mixed up my Australian and British. You're sometimes. horrible, mate. G'day, mate. I can. That's probably about all I can do. But yes, Albert, wow. the Albert Park circuit was first held in, uh, a race was first held here in 1996. 58 laps at 5.270 kilometers a lap. 306.124 kilometers for the entire circuit. Lap record is held by Mr. Charles Leclerc last year at a 120.260. And so. there are... 14 turns at this circuit with three DRS zones. and uh, or Actually, there's four, four, DR- now, yeah. four DRS zones. I was about to say the same line we used for Saudi Arabia where a DRS zone at least touches uh, the last sector three, each of them. But now there's one. I remember last year they kind of removed it, I the, think, for one of them. They didn't remove one. They just moved it forwards so that you could pass later I know they, the bra- or closer to the braking zone when the DRS shuts. Wasn't so there one that had four more. DRS zones that they ended up taking away one of them for this, a race last year? I felt like it was uh, Australia. I don't know because they did make changes to Australia last year. Did we talk about Australia on the podcast last year? No, Ben. We, we started the show in September. That's, that's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyhow, uh, <laughs> I thought we may have gone over it at some point. But, yeah, uh, really fast track. One of the faster street circuits. Uh, what's the average speed around there, Gregs? Um, uh, hold on. Lewis Hamilton's pole lap set an average of over 235 kilometers an hour back in 2019. So, so that's I think what 150 miles an hour. I think so. It's pretty near that. It's very quick. It's very very quick. Um, also places to pass. There's not many. It's a tight track, and isn't it like a there's like a lot of bikes there? Because isn't it like an actual park? Yeah, and it's also around a real city park in Melbourne. Um, race temperatures should be mid-70s to... Nope, around the 60s. It's in the 60s? Okay, uh, well, we have a cold... 
Australian Grand Prix for the first time I wonder what in a ra- long time. Track time for the race is around at th- uh, 3 p.m. on Sunday in Australia. 3 p.m. Okay, so what would the temperature be there? That makes it, I'm checking right now on the weather app, oh uh, around God. 65 degrees. 65 degrees. Okay, so we have a chillier uh, race than ben, normal. Ben. Partly cloudy. Sky. You can't say 60 degrees is cold, dog. It's we, colder we have, than. We have people that listen in the north, all right? It's colder than Australia's normal March that, weather. That is, that is probably a fact. It, it's normally like mid-80s, so it's colder than usual. Doesn't mean that much has changed it's better to have a cooler temperature track and warmer tires than it is to have vice versa um what else are we going to talk about i mean the chicane Mm -hmm. it's horde it's very horde it's difficult there's just not many places really to pass on here no like i'm just looking at the track layout and just i just don't see really many two places i don't remember too much passing happening really last year especially with max this is the last race where max dnf'd um in the first Good night. strain of Red Bull failures, and everyone thought that Ferrari was going to run away with this one, but yeah. and yeah. yeah, I'm sorry, no. But then again, I mean, it, it's an interesting track just because it's just so like again, it's the way it is. It's like built around the city park. It like you're yeah. like you see like the markings on the street and stuff like that. It's really cool, mm-hmm. and the vibes are good. It's it's kind of a boring track. Um, I guess you could really do turn thirteen. And into turn 14, you can pass there if you get a good exit along the straight into that first braking zone in turn one. Um, where else can you pass? If you do it really well and absolutely send it, you can get them at turn three and four. Um, you can pass in turn 11. I've done that in a video game before. You can pass in any turn. You can actually. pass in any turn in a video game. But, yeah, turn 11 is doable at the end of the DRS zone. Um, really more looking for turn three moves and now that they added a drs zone between turn 10 and 11 or maybe no 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 eight and nine it's eight and nine my one that i'm interested about is the drs coming down that coming down the main straight near the finish near the near the finish line and then about like a two second break and then you're back on drs that's that one little turn that's very interesting to me the fact that you got to turn it off and then turn it back on with that when it's going to be a lot easier for you to catch up in turns like that because the DRS just doesn't shut off for too long where you're the person ahead of you can get back an advantage. You're just going to be able to get really close behind them, and I think that could lead to a rather large DRS train on Sunday. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's tough It's tough to get around people. It's also tough to follow because you have such um, long sweeping turns, but also you have some medium speed corners that make it tricky to get past people. You'll lose a lot of downforce on turn 14, but that aside, I think, I think in terms of atmosphere and vibes and like just how cheerful this race is, it's always, it's it's still one of my favorites. I there hasn't been a ton of action in terms of passing, but also, you never know. This season would be as good as any for some craziness. Yeah, and just, I yeah, I get what you're saying with that. Just I'm not like. The atmosphere here is great. No Daniel Ricciardo, though, driving, though. He'll be there. Oscar Piastri's there, though, so, I mean, he's holding it down. But not really. Not really, no. It's not going to be the same, no. And the fact that he's just not – the car he's driving is not good. Daniel Ricciardo won a race in the car he was driving. Yeah, but he never won in Australia. Even with Red Bull? Never. Dang. Yeah. Never won his home race. But there has Charles Leclerc. Okay, y'all, y'all don't need to you know, be real sad about it, all right? I was Charles gonna, Leclerc who, hasn't done it either. You're the one who brought it up, not us. It is, uh, and I'm <laughs> sad about it. Didn't he have a pretty good chance? 
They did, and then yeah. Ferrari threw it away. He finished on pole one year, and then they decided, to, you know what, we don't need to change his gearbox. Yeah, we'll they need to change his gearbox. Let him just let him go out with a broken car, Griggs. Just let him do it. That's what they See did. What happens. Uh, according to this, uh, yesterday there was the Porsche Korea Cup and Supercars Championship. Wait, they had the Supercars Championship race? Yes. Dude, those cars are awesome. Can we just talk about that for a second? <laughs> like how much how much Australian supercars are fun? Not only that, but that's going to you know affect the track and everything mm-hmm. with the- yeah it'll lay down some rubber no you would love supercars it's like big v8 muscle cars driving around super tight street tracks but that are they're yeah, it's all a, in australia it's a factory setup right uh pretty much kind of it's 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 similar to nascar because they are stock cars in a sense but also they're very little shared with the regular car just like just like NASCAR. It's like uh, going out and trying to improve the car. Yeah, you know you can. You take it off yeah. the lot, but you go out and you improve it. Yes, you yes. You you buy it from either Ford or Chevy this year because Holden is sadly dead and Volvo's gone. But um, you can still do, you can drive this year a Mustang or a Camaro. They've changed the bodywork too, and there's been some issues with that and drivers who have not enjoyed driving it and I think are allowed to say that. Um, but there's a little controversy. No, they're not. There. They're not allowed to have. There's a controversy there, believe it or not. They're not allowed to show opinions. Yeah. In well, motorsport. Last year's champion said that he doesn't like the car, like the spec car. It's worse than last year. And several other drivers have voiced that. And he's come under fire recently from, like, management people for for being honest about his car's performance. Anyway, um, yeah, supercars are cool. What do you think is very important for the drivers in the car setup for especially a track like this? You want to have a balance of downforce and grip. You probably aim for more of a 50-50 setup between front and rear grip as well, but you should definitely emphasize uh, your front brake bias more towards the front than the rear, probably shooting about 55 to 58% brake balance to the front. Uh, looser differentials for corner exit and, I mean... You don't really focus as much on top speed as you do Saudi Arabia. I think it's good for them also that the weather is not going to be too much of a factor from no. what I was checking. Partly no. cloudy on Sunday, 60 degrees. Probably no, one of the – no wind. Probably one of the more like this is the race where you just to see everyone just race. You don't yeah. have to worry too much about weather or anything like that, I yeah. feel like. There shouldn't be any crazy extenuating circumstances. It should be just right, just racing, no shenanigans. Just any, just We were just racing, just an incident. Just an incident. Well, um, y'all both know there's always going to be shenanigans. Come on. Yeah, I forgot. There are, there are going to be shenanigans. I forgot Ferrari shows up to these. Exactly. Even though they won the race here last year. They go to these things? Interesting. Charles Leclerc did have the fast slap last year. Y'all think they're, uh, yeah. somebody's going to pass Hang the it. banner. Hang the banner. Yeah, hang the banner, please. Please. <laughs> Can put that one up in the gym. Do y'all think uh, somebody's going to pass that this year? Definitely. The cars are already a second quicker. Yeah. I I, I'm surprised well. it was this year that was there was the one kind we were talking about like oh like we're not seeing too many lap times now it was like the 2019 where they started you got the bigger tires and stuff and all that and this is like the only one besides that was the new track from what I was looking at this is the only besides Miami this is the only lap that a new lap record was set last year so that's I kind of find that a little interesting yeah well it's it's due to the, uh, the re- then they changed the turn the one of the turns yes yeah. yeah and some of this stuff changed I know the ones they changed like reprofile the turns and that yeah stuff like they that. made they made. Albert Park a lot quicker to go around. But all of the older tracks, too, the cars back then were way more 
outwash generating, like, I don't even know. It's just basically you put the wing on the outside of the car, and then this year's the wings on the inside of the car. So you see some differences with that and how much grip they have initially. They'll be they'll be improving though soon. Do y'all think it'll be another packed house like we've seen the past two races? Oh yeah, the Australian Always. Australian fans are great. Especially, Always, especially with this track, like they don't have to wake up at like three a.m. in the morning to watch F one. Yeah, so I they, know, they come out and drive. I know we complain about seven. I know we complain about like seven a.m. But they'll like be like they have to wake up in the middle of the night to watch the race. I don't know how time works and that stuff like that because they'll have like I just yeah, said three a.m. But then we are mainly for us we mainly wake up at like what seven eight. Usually around that, for them, it's I can't even imagine how time works in that regard. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a crazy thing like that. And, again, the, the people in Europe are complaining about 6 a.m. Even though I'd rather have a race like this in Australia where it's at midnight rather than at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. Yeah. Every day of the week. Very true. Give me that and then twice on Sundays. Give me the midnight. And, honestly, at but, this uh, point, I'd like to throw in another prediction that I should have thrown in at the beginning of the year. Okay. I think almost every single race we're going to have this year is going to be a sold-out show. Vegas is already sold out. F1 is the biggest draw right now to motorsports fans ever. I think we saw it at Bahrain. We saw it at Jeddah. We're going to see it at Australia. Baku's going to be sold out. Uh, Monaco this year is going to be really sold out. Spain's probably – everywhere is going to be sold out this year. North Wilkesboro. North Wilkesboro <laughs> will be sold out. I might be there. My goodness. All right, but with that, we're going to get to our last segment of the show. We got predictions coming for this week, and we got poll – we got um, – What's it called? We have tonight, we have qualifying, and then tomorrow afternoon, evening at midnight on Sunday, we have the race. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back into Smooth Operators. We're going to be going into our last segment otherwise known as predictions for the upcoming australian grand prix let me go ahead and tell you folks something right here we go ferrari (laughs) is going to win this race or my name isn't joe mcquinn it's not exactly it is not no exactly my name is not joe mcquinn and ferrari will probably not win this race we shall see. There could be something that happens. You never know. Um, but, yeah, there's no way. I'm sorry. I don't want to feed it. I, I think that McLaren's more likely to win just with Ferrari's luck. Wow. That's, wow. That's wow. Saying, wow. You're talking, with, with McLaren's luck? Yes. Wow. <laughs> the bad luck for McLaren is so bad that it eventually will cancel out and they'll get handed a win like in 2019. Hey, it's a 50-50 chance. Either it happens or it doesn't happen. It doesn't. McLaren win was in 2020. Oh, that's right. It was Daniel Ricciardo won two, Monza 2020. My bad. All good. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm not always right. But most of the time. But most of the time. All right, but let's get into it. So we were talking about the qualifying earlier today. So Fernando Alonso in uh, session two finished first. Charles Leclerc second, Max Verstappen third on a interesting session. It was really um, it was imminent rain coming. They all came out really quickly at the start. If you guys watched practice, and they just raced around. But this Fernando Alonso in top form still same with in the practice one. Max Verstappen P one, Lewis Hamilton P two, Sergio Perez P three. But leading into this race, it looks more and more like 
this Red Bull is suited for that. But kind of what we talked about last yeah. week, it's going to be very interesting to see how Red Bull handles this race because whoever finishes higher up in this race will be the championship leader if one of the Red Bull's cars is above the other. Yeah, so it may come down to it where you have a teammate battle like between Mark Webber and Sebastian Vettel or let Lewis them, Hamilton. Let them and, fight. Or Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso or Lewis Hamilton and Nico Rosberg or pretty much anyone that touches Lewis Hamilton automatically becomes his rival. Um, but that said, it could be very interesting in how that plays out because most people haven't ever thought of Sergio Perez as a championship contender. And then he stepped foot in the ring. And here he is. So... But as a lifelong Red Bull fan, i.e. two years, I You've let two years old. Let them You heard it one. here first, folks. Griggs Blankenberg is actually two years old. Let them race. Let them race. There's um, not there's not gonna be yeah. another um Azerbaijan incident like with Daniel and, and Max. There's no way that happens here, no, right? That, that's no way, never. But just gimme give gimme give The team orders controversies are looming. But the thing is also like be like Carlos Sainz if Checo says that. I mean, I like Max too, but like, Checo, stand up for yourself. But like, they're like, last year in Silverstone, he's like, no, I'm controlling this one. Yeah. And he won. Be like yeah. that. That'd be cool. I wanna, I'm okay with I wanna, that. If I'm staying up this late for this race, I want to see some action. No. Uh, yeah. Don't do that, Checo. Just get your money and go out. No. No. Take the win. All right. But Risk with, it for the biscuit. But with that, let's go into our predictions. Let's first start off with qualifying, which is tonight, but technically tomorrow morning at midnight on Saturday. Ben? Yes, so after having a perfect record of predicting pole positions. Nope. Not wins, not wins. I said pole positions. I said pole positions. I said Checo got pole, and he did. I said Verstappen would win, and he got second. So I was wrong on the win, but on the pole, I was right. Okay. I was right. All right. Anyways, I'm going to just go out and say that Max Verstappen is the best driver on the the grid right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's definitely going to get pole. Um we could see a shock second place from Fernando Alonso, but I'm going to go ahead and say that Sergio Perez gets it because the Red Bull is that good. Um, and barring anything crazy, I'll 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 say Alonso is getting third. I'll take it. I'll do it. I feel like that's a big jump, but it really isn't. No, who you got for pole prediction? Uh, I think we're going to see uh, Max uh, taking pole. I think we're going to be followed up by Charles Leclerc. And then Sergio Perez will okay. finish third in the lineup. And I know we were just doing pole positions, but I felt the need to give all of my qualifying. It, it's okay. I hope that's okay. Well, I, no, did, no, I did too, Ben. Yeah. All right, don't so, worry about it. You know what? We're, we're on the same so page it's all, here. It's all good, Ben. Yeah, I think it's going to be Max. Just after that last week's performance, I don't think he's going to just go away quietly. I think he also wants to – I think it's also be very important for him. Along with Sergio Perez, they both want to get pole. And you can control your pole, own pole position more than you can control your race position with that in regards to team orders and everything. Yeah. But I think it'll be Max. I think second. I think will be – I think it'll be Charles Leclerc, actually. I think he'll be up there. And I think Checo will start in P3. But what is one thing you guys are each looking at for this race on Sunday? What is one thing you're looking, looking at in terms of, like, the teams, drivers, stuff like that? Well, here's one thing. You know, in the recent Red Bull Australia feature – Daniel Ricardo was driving a tractor, and that tractor happened to be painted papaya orange, accented by blue. That may have been a little bit intentional. And I think Red Bull may not always be good at predicting the future, but I am. <laughs> who do you think I can't you even are? take that seriously. Who do you think you are? But, I am. But um, 
I'm him. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that I can't I can't okay. But seriously, um, McLaren is going to very much struggle at this race. At their actual home race, they're not really a British team. Bruce McLaren was Australian. Um, but yeah, they're going to struggle. They're going to have a hard time. McLaren. It's, yeah, McLaren. Yeah, right. McLaren's going to look rough. Even after you said they have more likely a chance to win than Ferrari. Yeah. All right. Ferrari's going to look like that much worse. All right, Noah. Why do you say such things that hurt me? Um, I'm going to kind of go <laughs> make him cry. I'm I'm going to both agree with you and disagree with you, Ben. Okay. I think McLaren will struggle in the race, but get a driver back into Q3. I don't know if it's going to be Piastri Ooh. or the young kid. Oh, both of them are young kids, but yeah. you know what I mean. Lando's Lando's the old man compared to Oscar. Yeah, I mean in terms of, I, I think one of those two young British men will be Oscar Piastri's Australian. It's all right. Well, technically that's British. Young Australia, English speakers. Technically, we're technically Australia British if you're a, going by that. Technically, Britain, uh, Australia was a British prison, but we're not going to talk about that. Uh, Mc, we're going to have McLaren in a Q3 position. Okay, McLaren to Q3. Griggs. McLaren to Q3. Um, for me, I think that's just just to see, like, I think the dynamic between Aston and, and whoever's behind them, whether it be Mercedes and Ferrari, just how competitive they look against them. Yeah. I think that's a big thing to watch out for on Sunday, especially yeah. if they don't show the two RBs of the front. Is somebody going to catch Aston Martin? All right. We have a few that's more a minutes. Big but let's, question hanging over Let's go to head to our one random prediction we do every week. Let's start off with Ben. One random prediction for this week. Wild card. Um... Well, I first off want to say there will be an awesome Daniel Ricciardo sighting at some point. He's got to be somewhere for PR for Red Bull. And also, um, I don't know. I say look out look out for Stroll. Mm. Yeah, look out for Lance Stroll. He might be up in like third or fourth, maybe fifth. I, I put him in a good fifth. You saying top five for Lance Stroll? Top five for Lance Stroll. All right, that's good. All right, <sighs> Noah, random prediction. Makes me scared because I could get this so wrong. <laughs> um. I think there is going to be two spinouts. Ooh, mm. two spinouts in one particular area of the cra- uh, of the track, okay. otherwise known as nine turns nine and ten. Yeah, I don't like those. Three and four are hard because they're super slow, but nine and ten is eesh. fun to drive in the video game. It is fun. Don't put the throttle down too early, All kids. Right. I'm one and two this uh, this this time. I think I said last week that both the two or the last race there was you know, uh, one of the top three would have both drivers finish outside. The was points. that correct? That was not correct. Uh, no, my first one yeah, was correct. Was, I said was seven bold. teams would make the points. Seven teams exactly made no, the and points. And I absolutely hit it. Thank you, uh, Peter. Gass- um, uh, who was it? Thank you, uh, Alex Albon. <laughs> Alex Albon but came through. For this one, I don't know. Um, you know what? Crazy stuff's going to happen. I'm going to say McLaren scoring their first points of the year this weekend. My days. Yes, I think that's what's going to happen. I'm going to stick with it. All right, and quickly, right. our final thing. So we're going to go P3, P2, P1. For our winners this weekend, let's start off again, as always, with Ben. Right. So what we're going to have is an exact recreation of my qualifying predictions, but with one exception. Well, actually, you know what? No, I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. But I will say there will be a lot of passing from them as they go through the pits and whatnot. They're going to move back up the field. They're not going to have track position the whole race. So your pole position is, your prediction is again? Uh, it goes Alonzo, Perez, Verstappen. 
Is there a staff winning? Noah. The universe knows I need to win this week. P3 <laughs> is going to be Alonzo. P2 is going to be Max Verstappen. And P1 is going to be Charles Leclerc. Mm. You need that. I need it bad. All right. For me, I'll say P3, George Russell. What? I'll go P2. Um, You know, let's get crazy. P2, Carlos Sainz. P1, Max Verstappen. What? That's what I'm going to go with. We are indeed going crazy in the studio today. Well, I think Noah's me saying yeah. the McLaren would score points is more crazy than Noah saying Ferrari would win. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. We want to thank everyone for listening. If you missed any of today's show, you can check out all the action on your favorite podcast platform in a little while, or you can follow us on Twitter at SMOP Podcast if you do feel so inclined. But until next week, for Ben McClurkin, Noah Phillips, I'm Griggs Blankwork. This has been Smooth Operators on Weagle 91.1 FM. We thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend, everyone, and War Eagle. That's all we have today for Smooth Operators, Weagle's exclusive F1 show. In case you missed some of the show or just want to relive all your favorite parts, check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Till next time, this has been the smoothest operators of Weagle 91.1 FM.